right? Let's go! Met her on my CB, said her name was Mimi, sounded like an angel come to earth. When I went to meet her, man, you should have seen her, twice as tall as me, three times the girl. Welcome to another episode of Dragon Age Off the Record. What is this episode, 25, I think? Probably, I don't know. I am one of your hosts, Elizabeth, and with me is the other one of your hosts, Rode. Hi, it's me again. I know, you missed me. Rode's not even paying attention. I am paying attention. Unlike you, I have been dragon aging my balls off. I grew a pair of balls so that I could dragon age them off. And apparently they're Bostonian. Balls. Yeah, I restarted Dragon Age 2 for the 13th time that I've played it. <laughs> yeah, I saw your tweets. Still making bad decisions. Shut up. Um, no, Ivarwin was showing some Dragon Age on this week off, and why don't you twitch that? Yeah, we'll do that. And you were there for some of that. Now I remember. Yeah. Yep, I was there. We got into the Anders discussion again, and then that just made me want to replay it. And the second I pressed the Dragon Age 2 button on my computer and that music started, I was freaking into it. I had an orgasm just from the music. I was so excited. Well, at least you love it. I do love it. Yeah, and I've been paying more and more attention because I've been trying to find out things that maybe were hinted at for Dragon Age Inquisition, which we will get into in a little bit because we're going to go over the end of Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah, or, well, yeah. But we're going to go over the end of the main story of Inquisition, which I just replayed for myself. It took me forever to find the game file because we can't name our saves. I'm sorry, how'd that go again? It actually hurt. Good job. I said to myself as I was doing it, don't do that again. That really hurt. And then you said, okay, I did it again because I'm stupid. Ha <laughs> ha. We left off last time, from what I remember, at the end of the Carifi fish fight. Carifinus. Carifinus. We had learned that Solus was very upset about this orb breaking. So you've beaten the big baddie at the very end, and they invite you to a party, or they throw together a celebration, which is very dimly lit, and it's held in the Great Hall of Skyhold. Now, this is a point where you can talk to all your characters, but what really pisses me off about this is that you can't repeat conversations like you could in the original two, or the first two. Because what if I didn't pay attention? What if I want to go back and ask something else? What? No. Once you talk to these people and you ask what they're going to do, you can't talk to them again. That bugs the crap out of me. But anyway, you can talk to all your companions and all the uh, advisors. Is that what they call them? Advisors? Yes, advisors. Josephine, Liliana, and Colin and all that. During my playthrough on this one, I was a human female mage romancing Colin. And you talk to him, and basically the first thing he says is, everyone desires your attention as much as I. And he does it in the sexiest, huskiest voice you have ever heard. Thank you, Greg Ellis, for making that so wonderful to hear. (laughs) One of my favorites was Varric. When you ask him, what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to write a book called This Shit Is Weird, The Inquisitor Trevelyan Story. (laughs) Okay. I love that. But he thinks that nobody would like it because nobody would believe it. And so he says, well, I'd either like to write the book or help people. So you can choose to say, we should help people. You should write a book. Why would you talk to Varric like that? Well, it's basically like, I don't care. That's that option. Do you think that these choices on what you tell your followers to do, first of all, they'll actually do. Second of all, would they be in Dragon Age 4? It depends on when Dragon Age 4 takes place, I guess. But yeah, I would assume that if Varric wrote the book, then a history book would show up. Oh my god, a dramatic novel that may or may not be true. But someone's got to write the book. How else are people going to know when they pick up their data entries later on and have never played any of the previous games? Yeah, but I doubt they'd actually read that crap because they wouldn't understand. Not crap, but I, I doubt they would read it because, hell, I don't read stuff like that if I don't know what they're talking about. Shoot. That's why I know nothing about the dwarves or the elves. I read something, uh, a post earlier today, where someone was saying that dwarves are actually the evolved form of lyrium. And... Why? I don't remember I don't ever remember reading that. Ever remember reading that. So, if anyone can verify that, uh, go ahead and just never tell me, because that's just one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. I'm not gonna go investigate that, because that just sounds dumb. Speaking of that, having just played Dragon Age 2 again, I'm almost to the part where- Make a no! I'm almost there. 
I got to the part where you can talk to Enchantment Boy. Um, it's not Solus. You can do it. Oh God, Sandal. Enchantment. There you go. The part where you talk to Sandal and he says, "The old lady is." Scary. Our boy sees things sometimes. Says he saw an old lady standing by his bed. She has a scary laugh. Yes, well, there you go. He really does sound like he should be out of Diagon Alley from Harry Potter. I'm, God damn, he belongs there. So is the scary lady, I always assumed, and it was kind of an offhand thing, but I thought, okay, well, is that Flemeth or is that the ghost of your mother who just died? It's a little hmm. weird. And then why, if it is Flemeth, why, wh- wh- why? I don't know. I've always, I, I've always kind of assumed it was either one of the two, but I never really put that much thought into it. I just assume that Sandal can see things we can't, and I just accept it. I mean, that that is such a big plot point now that I, it has to be explained at some point. Come on. It's got to be some, uh, yeah, it's got to be something because that is just too big. Like why, it, assuming it is Flemeth, because I would think with the laugh, it would be because she loves yeah. to laugh at weird situations. She loves that. So, I mean, there are so many options that go along with that. Is is Are they related in any way? Is he some kind of dwarf mage? Is he, I don't know. He's the evolved form of Lyrium. It, is he the evolved form of Lyrium? That's where I was getting the whole conversation from. Because you had said that, yeah. But that's really I creepy. Don't know. I do. <laughs> I like at the end of that, he goes, The old lady's scary. And then you kind of stare at him, and he just stares back at you and then slowly scratches his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sandal. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sad that he was not in uh, Inquisition. Although he was in the Facebook game, and yeah. I really do need a shirt that says Enchantment, Enchantment. That would be amazing. Oh, also, at the beginning of Dragon Age 2, when you go down to the deep roads and he goes, not enchantment. Yeah. I really want to know about this kid. They did a very good job covering all that up and just making it almost forgettable, but not quite. Almost the same way they're trying to keep us from knowing the maker. Maybe Sandal is the maker. Oh, come on. Why not? (laughs) You're just throwing out bullshit now. Dwarves are made of lyrium. That's why they're immune to it. Only they're not. Huh? What? With the with the red and the regular crypt or <laughs> li- lyrium, is that like kryptonite? Yes. I mean, are there different kinds of kryptonite? <laughs> the, there are actually. Was there a super dog? Yes, there was. Can you explain and anything it... about the different kinds no. of kryptonite? No. No. Okay, because it's DC red stuff. Nobody cares. Bad. It makes okay. makes Superman turn evil. Oh, and then he goes out drinking and stuff. Is that the one? And then Richard Pryor does something. Uh, no, I, I, I think no. That's wait, that was <laughs> Superman two, wasn't it? Oh wow, Superman three. Superman two was they went to Niagara Falls. All right, I don't care what anyone says. The Superman movies were all terrible. <laughs> that was the first one. All was of the, no, it was bad. I liked parts of it. I really liked Lex Luthor and uh, Miss Penny, whatever. No, that was. Miss Tess Mocker! Her. I loved her. Immaculate breasts, I've said before. I'll say it again. <laughs> I'm jealous. Yeah. Miss Tess Mocker! And then Otisburg. Okay, come on. That was a good movie. Richard Pryor and all that shit. Okay, now, in my Inquisition, when I go to this party, Blackwell pretty much asks just, what's next? And he, I don't know. And he goes, oh, I'll stay with the Inquisitor. Thanks. That, that was a great ending to your story. Not an I'm sorry or whatnot, or thanks for not killing me. Say, so about lying about who I was and being a coward. Yeah. Yeah. And Iron Bull, when you talk to him, he says the word asshole like five times rapid fire. (laughs) Asshole Vince, asshole this, asshole. We're kicking. Yeah, that's a good time. And he wants to stay with the Inquisition. All right, that's fine. And then Cole being all silent. Now, this is the part in this hall where it's so dim you can't even see anything. If the characters did not light up when you hovered over them, you're going to miss them. I don't know why That's that happened. kind of the purpose I... behind Cole. Well, Cole... I mean, maybe yeah. they actually made it that way so that you would kind of just walk by him as part of the aesthetic that is Cole. That's a very good point, but also in that area you could see Dorian if you hovered over him or see Sarah and then you really can't see Josephine, Liliana, and Cassandra and Vivian's almost invisible. 
So Cole says that since all these people died and there was all this death all around, it feels wrong to celebrate, but he wants to. And he says the servants are drinking and some of them are drinking while lying down. <laughs> okay. Um, and then you ask if you want to join him. And he's like, I'm not ready for that yet. So is he talking about adult things? Could be. Could be. That's your contribution to that? Could be. Okay, Cole. He has the body of a human, although mm -hmm. he is a spirit and having a dead body. But would he have human urges? Does he eat? Well, I think it has a lot to do with whether you decide to make him more spirit-focused or more human-focused. I went the spirit route. I think I went human round on this one. He's, uh, well, then that would be probably where we're getting some differences, because I, I feel like during that time, it was more like he was just being overwhelmed by all the emotions and everything else that's going on, because there's a lot of people around. A lot of people. Yeah. So he's But he's right in the middle overwhelmed. of them. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Now you go to Sarah, who's who's very close next to him. I thought she was going to give me a smart ass answer. You know, you hey, how you doing? You know, freaking whatever. I thought she was going to do that, but no, she's affected by what just happened with Kariffy Poo and all that, religion wise. Yeah, I really did expect her to give me a smart comment, but she's shaken. And but she says, "Yeah, we're big freaking heroes," and I'm like, "That's the Sarah I know." There you go. <laughs> And Dorian has serving girls squeeing while he walks by and hugging him. And he's like, ugh. And of course, I have to tell him, yeah, you'd love it. Yeah, yeah, I kind of do. But he says he won't go back to Deventer because it lacks the presence of his best and only friend. And I'm like, is that me? <laughs> I get very happy. No. And even I squeed a little. I'm like, really? It's totally Fiona. Whatever. That would be awesome. Oh, my God. A Fiona and Dorian uh, comic together. That would be awesome. Get on it. But And also, besides Varix, one of my favorite responses was from Josephine, because she's worried about the caterer and the fact that the invitations didn't go out on time. <laughs> but she has descended into open boasting, which is kind of awesome, too. She's adorable. I'm really sad that her, <laughs> her love scene is just not, not satisfying to the player. It's fitting. Really? Yes. No, I think she's I think too innocent nice. for, like, all the fleshy stuff. Right off the bat. You got a quarter for a while. Not just read a couple of poems and say, hey, how you doing? Put some candles. <laughs> what was it you said one time? It was, um, here's a book of poetry. It's illegal. Tell me I'm sexy. <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. And Liliana is finally not boring for a second. And she's talking about tiny little cakes. That's really nice. And shoes. Uh, I, what's she talking about shoes? I know she was talking about shoes she at the ball. She always talks about shoes. Uh, it's always shoes with her. She's staring at everyone's feet because she has a foot fetish. You think so? Liliana has a foot fetish. I think so. Okay. No one likes shoes that much. Not me. I freaking hate shoes. I hate shoe shopping. I hate all that. Orlesians like shoes. So I guess that's one of her Orlesian things. <laughs> and Cassandra, she just says, oh, I can't believe you were a prisoner when we met. She sums up the entire game basically very, very well. But she intends in my playthrough to rebuild the Seekers of Truth. Um, did that really well, work? Well, did you make her divine in yours? No. Uh, I did. It seemed Liliana became divine in mine. Oh, yeah. That I think it's a well, default. Sure. I don't know. I don't no, know. the default one is uh, Vivian. Really? Yeah, and it goes horribly wrong. I have not been able to make her... Maybe, uh, Oh, I haven't finished that playthrough where I was supporting her the entire time. That's why. Okay, yeah, and Vivian says she's returning to Valroyo to help the Empress and to rebuild whatever sect from the circle that she was involved with. Now, obviously, these things are different because you said there was something else going on, right? With what? With at least the Divine. Because right after this, oh, you go right, to your quarters. right, with, uh... Yeah. With, um, Cassandra. There we go. Making her Divine, she wants to, you know basically make the Seekers back to what they should have been, not what they eventually became, especially based on the you know new information that she acquired. And, you know, rebuilding the trust between the mages, the church, and everyone else, making the Templars what they should be, trying to make everything better. And, you know, it doesn't work out all the time, but as you find out later on, it kind of does work out pretty well. I, still I think really just think she's just repeating history. I mean, oh, we're going to do nah. the same thing, only we're going to do it right this time. Yeah, that's what they thought the first time around, too. You know? Um, you're kind of bound to fail on that one. 
Well, there, the difference is when the initial one was built, there was no history to have a basis on, whereas this one they can at least learn from the mistakes of the past and build past them. That is true, but uh, I think whatever had happened in the past was a natural progression of whatever is going to happen. I don't know if, if they're going to be able to avoid those mistakes. But anyway, yeah. So you get to retire to your quarters. That is the last step in the last part of the game. Is that's what you're supposed to do. Now, you'll meet whomever you have romanced, if you have romanced anyone up there. And there's usually a very nice sunset. I know there was with Cullen and Blackwall on those playthroughs for me. And with Cassandra, yes. And Cassandra. And, and with that. Josephine. Oh, Okay, so those are the ones we can confirm. And then a nice sunset, and that's it. And then they allow you, after that, to go back and do some quests that you skipped over, if you'd like. I guess the only reason you'd really want to, maybe at this point, can you do Jaws of Hackon at that point? Uh, you can do it at any point, I believe. I think so. Once okay. you have Sky Old, you can, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it did prompt me to go, go talk to the people. Okay. So, yeah, that's when you can move on and you can redo some quests and stuff. So people have been asking, you know, once I finish the game, is that it? No, you can go back and get more shards and all that crap, too. <laughs> but then you go straight into Morgan's epilogue. She does a beautiful narration with some awesome artwork as well. Yeah, I tried to save as many of those for my it's really cool. future background purchases. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure it will be different for everyone for different playthroughs, but like I said, on mine, I took notes on the one I saw, and mine was a female mage who made Liliana, Divine, and Empress Selene, Rules Alone, and all that. So, Morgan says that there is a scar left in the sky. Is that true? Is there a scar? How, what, what? Yeah, what? it looks like Aurora Borealis, basically. So that's so awesome. Like, that could be yeah, a tourist so attraction. Cool. Exactly. And it also kind of denotes, you know, where the, uh, where all the bad stuff happened and don't mess with the Inquisition because yes. we fixed the sky. And, and the Inquisition is still going. Like, they're going to keep doing what they do. Not fighting Corypheus, obviously, but there's going to be an order called the Inquisition. There are still yeah. going to be Templars. There are still going to be mages. You know, all that. Now... In my playthrough, there was Empress Selene was on the throne, and it said the Civil War is over, and she's not really threatened, but the Inquisition's relations sour slowly, and they hint at something else going on behind the scenes. Like, there will be something else very soon. And my favorite of all of these were the, the Southern Wardens rebuild. It was time for them to emerge from the shadows and work openly on what they're doing and all that. And they severed ties with Weishaupt, which is the main warden base. And they yep. say that a war is brewing and Hawk has not been heard from. So severed ties, Weishaupt, nobody's heard anything from there for a very long time. That really says something. Like, I'm hoping for, I'm hoping for another game. I'm hoping yeah, for I'm kind of hoping that the next game picks up there. But, I mean, there's still additional content to come. But I figured a war between the Grey Wardens, uh, something involving the, the hero How awesome Kirkwall, would that, be? Uh, that That sounds like a full game to itself. It really does. And I'm so, like, I got more and more excited. The more sentences that came out of Morgan's mouth, I was like, <laughs> that's very, very well, I mean, sad. just because the game's over doesn't mean that the, you know, the the world has stopped moving. Everything's going to keep on progressing with or without the player. So, but it was the amount of intrigue that they put into that mm -hmm. that entire thing. Well, a lot of games just go, and then we live happily ever after. Well, no. Well, did Origins really do that? Did Origins live happily ever after? No, no, no. It, it was basically the same thing. You know, a lot of stuff has happened with all these different people since then, uh, and then still the same thing with uh, Dragon Age Two. Because you know that Sebastian's going to go raise hell somewhere. So, of course, yeah, but really, his version out. of raising hell was a footnote on the war table. Yeah. Make it no! We're going to war! Well, are you? Are you really? I have Sebastian in this playthrough. The last time I played it, when we first talked about it earlier on in the, in the show, I didn't have Sebastian because I didn't have the origin points and I didn't want to spend it. I don't experience right. that character, whatever. But I'm playing him again, and man... Anything you say to that guy, he is he is so religious, <laughs> yeah. and every he is so just calm and meditative, and 
just oh Fenris was telling about how Daenerys had had killed a young boy at a party just because he could asking what the point of that was <laughs> Sebastian comes back well the point of it was so you could witness it so it wouldn't happen again or you could help not make it happen again like god you cannot argue with this guy he's getting on my nerves it's very true of other people. It's very real. And I'm like, oh, I don't like that in real life, let alone in my games. But it's a good character, so. Now, in my game, Liliana was made divine, and she's Divine Victoria. Do they pick their own names on this? I knew Meryl asked uh, Sebastian in Dragon Age 2. It's very much the same way as the Pope in our own world, where a name is picked for them when they ascend to that throne status. There's a comedian out there, Kathleen Madigan, that talks about how do you not pick... Pope hilarious, because that is actually one of the things. Hilarious. Same spelling. It means laughter. How much fun would that be? Just so you could call the Vatican? May I please speak to Pope hilarious? <laughs> I'm sorry, he's in a meeting right now. Would you like to speak to Monsignor Funny Pants? <laughs> How about your local parish priest, Father Crack My Ass Up? Anyway, so she's Divine Victoria, and she put an end to all the circles. And allows other races to to be a part of the church or, or whatever, the uh, chantry. And some think she's a threat, which obviously there's always somebody that's going to think anybody that it is in a religious place of power is a threat. So for now, things are going okay. But you think, oh, well, uh, in another game, maybe later on, there's going to be some trouble. Now, the mages that were rebels, they just flat out leave the Inquisition. Ah, You're like, hey. Come join us. Fiona said, we helped you. Uh, you can help us for a while. They're like, screw you guys once Corypheus is gone. Oh, that's great. But they reform a college of enchanters. And it says it's working for the moment. But I just think that's just another circle. Uh, kind of. It's Or is it more like the X-Men? <laughs> like, come here I, if you I would help. say Yeah, I, w- I would basically say it's a lot more like that. Okay. Because the circle, it's a required thing where anyone with magic power is... Right. Demanded or, you know, thrown in there by mandate. But uh, with the College of Enchanters, it's more of a, a guild, I guess would be the best way to say it. You know, you which College of Enchanters existed prior. But these ones are like, you know, come join us and be happy and free of persecution. Mages amongst mages watching other mages. Which is exactly what the Chantry is afraid of. That sounds like what happened in Tevinter. I'm telling you. And the last scene you get is a picture of Morgan and Kieran leaving Skyhold. She says she left the Inquisition, and the Inquisitor is both revered and a target for some in the shadows. But Morgan's out of there. I don't know where she's going to go. I don't know. Is she going to the, the wilds? I don't know. She she doesn't say anything. She's just hiking. Uh, she's going to join the, the Warden, obviously. Oh, really? In your playthrough? And Yeah, and the Warden is out exploring ways to cure the Blight. so Or cure the taint. I guess. That's not bad. Because that would work either way. Because, like, me as a female not romancing her at all, still that works. Huh. Well, that's what my that's what the warden's doing in my playthrough is that's where he's at. When you do the mission, do you contact him? And mine, even though I was the queen. Uh, well, yeah, that would be the difference for yours. I don't know what yours is doing. Yours is probably still being queen somewhere. I don't know. No, she, she's out looking for the cure. She's doing that uh. too. Yeah, because okay. Alistair is really Derek's story for the warden. Okay. <laughs> okay, and then you get then you get the credits. Oh, we posted the credits. And it's really nice seeing the people that we talk to on Twitter, you know, seeing their names. I'm like, oh, that's that guy? <laughs> I didn't know he did that. But yay, shout out to Derek Holland. Uh, yeah, I looked for his name and saw that. That was cute. Yeah, that's fun. Long credits, a lot of people testing and everything. And then post-credit scene, which is something road tipped me off when he first played. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get an additional cutscene. Additional cutscenes are great. They're good. But, and you know what? Had you not said that, I will say that I'm grateful for the fact that you said that, because I probably would have space-barred through the rest of the credits after I saw Derek Holland's name, because I already know we'd been talking with him and everything. And um, I'd be like, okay, that's it, space-bar. I would not have seen the post-credit scene. Which is, starts out, <laughs> Flemeth looks like she's putting something, something into one of the Alluvian. I don't know what. Hmm? 
Okay. And the notes I have literally are this, like, because the, the dialogue happens so fast and there's so much going on. And, and I was making typing mistakes. So I could have could write down taco instead of told him. I don't know. <laughs> but literally, these are my notes. Looks like Flemis is putting something into a mirror. Solus gave orb. Slumber line. He said he failed and the people needed him. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, these are horrible notes. And then he kills her. Okay. Now, what can you make of that? I'm still trying... There's still something greater going on. Because why would one of them have to be punished? Punished for what? Where did the punishment come from? Well, when Solus apologizes to Flemeth, or Mythal, whichever one you want to say, he says that he cannot pay the price yet, because the people still need him. Which means that one of them has to pay the price. So while he's willing to accept punishment, he can't yet because he's still needed. That's exactly what Keeper Marathari said in Dragon Age 2 when she saved Meryl, by the way. Hmm. One of the first things they say to each other, Flemeth asks him, why did you give him the orb? Which means Corypheus, him. Whatever the orb was, I don't even remember what it was. It was the thing that opened up the fade, right? Right. Right. That was that relic. And mm-hmm. I have heard, uh, I was watching some YouTube videos on the explanation of this ending, you know, just as a refresher course before doing this episode. And somebody had brought up that on a nerd appropriate podcast, Patrick Weeks, who wrote Solus, had said the original line was, why did you let him take the orb from you instead of why did you give him the orb? So I don't know if that was a purpose change or what. I'm, I'm sure that it was, it couldn't have been just a slip up, you know, because this scene was very well orchestrated. They knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Every single line. Very well designed. Yes. And I really wish I could remember what he said about slumbering. Because I literally use the word slumber line. Question mark. <laughs> well, now I wish I would have went and rewatched the scene before this. <laughs> I know. I, I was thinking about actually, because it's only a minute and a half long. I was thinking about actually putting the scene into the show. I knew you would come. You should not have given your orb to Corypheus, Red Wolf. I was too weak to unlock it after my slumber. The failure was mine. I should pay the price. But the people... They need me. I am so sorry. I am sorry as well, old friend. Okay, we rewatched the scene again and again. So it looks like Flemeth is putting something into a mirror. There's a note right there. Okay, Solus gave the orb to Corypheus, and he shouldn't have. But he said, um, I was too weak to unlock it after my slumber. Okay, so Flemeth reveals that he is the Dread Wolf, and everybody goes, <gasps> except for probably Rode, because Rode probably says, I knew it was coming. <laughs> is that one of those times that you knew? You didn't know. You did not I, know. I knew when Solus disappeared that something was up, but no, I was still surprised that he was the Dreadwolf. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, why not? Why not? We have Mythal running around. Why not Dreadwolf too? He says, okay, this this too weak to unlock it after his slumber really, really opened up a lot of possibilities for me because I never really cared too much. You know, I've said it before. I'll say it again about the Elven culture except for the dread wolf did intrigue me during dragon age origins just because it reminded me of the wolverine story from the movie wolverine (laughs) but he said he failed and his people need him so he can't go now this is just what 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 does he mean and and they have you know they hug and they say i'm sorry i'm sorry as well old friend and then yeah he just kills her right out now this time when i watched it it seemed more sinister like he she didn't know it was coming, but the first time I saw it in the game, I thought she knew what was going to happen next. No, Ugh. it's... It, I'm pretty sure she knew what had to happen. I, I just kind of 
confused as to why it had to happen. One of them had to pay the price. But uh, for what? I don't remember that. Th- that's well. There was a failure. Obviously, there was some plan going into effect that required the orb to be used, which conveniently is called the orb of destruction. For some reason, this orb had to be used, and Solus was going. Or Solus, the Dreadwolf, Fenhral, whatever you want to call him, was going to use it for some purpose. Obviously, the purpose got used in a way that wasn't supposed to be used because he couldn't use it, so he gave it to someone who was powerful enough to use it, who then used it for their own means to make themselves a living god, and then dropped it, and someone else picked it up, and then they used it, and then it got used again, and then it got used again and broke. So their plan is all done with. Now, the orb itself probably had a lot of power inside of it, which got expended. Maybe whatever Fenhral needed to do required a lot of power. So what exists in the world that has a lot of power? Old souls, such as Mythals, uh, the ancient dragons, Fenhral, and this whole slumbering thing. Okay, it was often said that Solus liked to go to areas of high spirit activity and sleep. And in his sleep, he would move over into the the uh, past, into the Fade, and would wander around and speak with spirits and do his thing. So maybe the sleeping thing isn't as much as him going sleeping, but him hibernating. Because if he knows Flemeth and knows Mythal, and he is the Dreadwolf, he's really old. So maybe his hibernation is his slumber he's speaking of, So he woke up, and he was still very weak, and thus couldn't put his plan into action. That's where Corypheus comes in, then Chaos, then boom, and then the orb's dead, and, well, apparently so is Flemeth. Okay, it's actually amazing. The first time I ever really paid attention to anything Meryl said in Dragon Age 2, she actually told the story of Fen'Haral. (laughs) <laughs> which was really cool, which was, you know, there are the forgotten ones, and then there are the, the gods. What, what were the gods called? The good ones. The um... Oh, I do not remember. This is Meryl we're talking about. I know, but it was, it was she actually explained it so that I could understand it. Ah, the good gods for right now, until I figure out what it is. And then the forgotten ones. The good guys who watched over all the people, and then the bad guys who caused chaos, and, you know, the bad guys. And Fenhural, what he had done was he told each side, because he was in on each side. He, he was friends with both of them. They were at war, and he would tell them, hey, you know what? That other side's got a weapon that you really need because it'll end this war and you'll win if you have it. He told both sides that. And so somehow with that knowledge, he tricked the good guys and the bad guys into Alluvian and shut them away. And so I'm thinking that this weapon, he wasn't lying about a weapon. He was saying that this, I would think that it's the Orb of Destruction and whichever side gets their hands on it would win the war that is still going on. You know, it's still going on because it's just on pause because the guys can't get to each other. <laughs> so I actually think that that's a really, I'm glad you brought up that it was the Orb of Destruction because yeah. that makes sense now. You know? That's really cool. Oh my god. I'm glad I replayed Dragon Age 2 and actually listened to Meryl for once. (laughs) I still feel like listening to her is overrated, but yeah, you know. I do hate the character. I hate that character more than Liliana, but it's a good character. But I'm saying I just don't... God, she's stupid. God, she's so stupid. I mean, just dumb. She's like a teenager being like, I know what I'm doing. You can't tell me. That's what she's like. Yeah, the kind of teenager who uh, is texting and goes through an intersection, blowing through a red light, slams into a bus full of, well, her entire school, and then it slams into an oil container and kills all of them, except her. Right. And, yeah. Oh, God! And then... (laughs) I like when Anders looks at her and is like, the world is worse off having you in it. I'm like, yeah, that's right. You tell her. I really wish I could find the name of the good guys. I, I know the elven nerds out there, which there are some, because I've heard from them in the past episode when I mis- mispronounced everything elven. Um, <laughs> oh, they, well. They're yelling at me for not uh, knowing the good guy gods. Well, I don't know them either. The creators? Is that what you're looking for? Creators. The creators. I think I remember her saying creators. Have you noticed when Meryl says mountain, she goes mountain? 
<laughs> takes her forever to say the word mountain. Anyway, I know that's just Welsh, but anyway. So yeah, I would think that, ah, oh, that would be so super amazing. So supposing that the orb of destruction is this weapon, mm-hmm. which I'm totally convinced it is. <laughs> just because I thought I'm just it. kind of confused why gods would need weapons. Because they're evenly matched, so they probably need something else. You know, you need some kind of advantage. And whatever this is, maybe it's a way to get all of the gods out of, of the realms that they're trapped in. I don't know. Because it opened up you know, the veil. So, yeah, it maybe it was a way to bring them back. I don't know. But his people need him. I don't know. And that's also why I thought at the very end when he says sorry and then kills her right away, I thought... Well, maybe that's another trick of his because because he is the trickster god. I don't know. I feel like what's going on though is that maybe there's something happening, something that's going to happen that we're not aware of, but he is, and that or maybe might have been what he was going to use to stop whatever was going to happen or start it. And instead, Corypheus kind of used it for his own means and just misused it. Maybe it's not actually the Orb of Destruction. Maybe it's something else entirely. That's just the name that he gave it. So that you wouldn't think otherwise and try to use it. Uh, it could be because, like I said, he is the trickster god. But I don't know, that Orb of Destruction, because I, it would be very destructing if all of those gods got out of their prisons. I mean, don't you think? For at least mortals, <laughs> that would be very destructive. Can you imagine being a bystander in the, in the god war? Jeez. <laughs> I still, I'm still kind of convinced that the gods are just really, really old and powerful spirits. Right. And that's what a couple of people that I've watched the different videos on, and they, they're they all convinced they're old, really, really... Oh, God, why is this ad on here? You, okay, Dragon Age Wiki, stop with the putting the ads, starting them up five minutes after I've been looking at the page. Yeah, stop that. Anyway, sorry, that pissed me off. I hear you. That's why I use Adblock. I'm still confused as of paying the price, as you are. I'm now convinced, though, over the past, what, 10 minutes we've been talking about this? Yes, I am convinced that that is the weapon, or it it brings back the gods in some way. And, okay, somebody else had brought up that Abelus, you know, that sentinel guy, Solus and him, recognized each other. And there's one point that somebody said, if you romance Solus, there's one part where he says that those elven markings on their faces... Back in the old days, it used to be a slave marking. And that's actually where I left off the video because we were starting to record here. So he recognized this guy from a long time ago. Now, were those markings on people's faces that they do? They call them blood marking, blood writing, blood makeup. I don't know. (laughs) But now it's a sign of, you know, just that you're elven. This is our tribe. I'm an elf. This makes me special. Yeah, but it used to be a slave marking thing. And so, first of all, was Abolus, was he a slave? Was he a slave of the trickster god? Wow. And by the way, you people out there that are figuring out this crap, bravo. Holy crap. (laughs) And I also think, okay, this is the last point I really, really wanted to make. It's something that I saw in Dragon Age 2. Remember in that one where Flemeth asks you to bring a locket up to Sundermount? Mm-hmm. And then she appears. That is the shrine of Mithal, or shrine to Mithal. I was like, yeah. "Wow, that's probably where I got the idea from." Um, when I'd said earlier, maybe she's an old god, because I think also she was putting a bit of her soul, kind of like Voldemort, uh, into the the mirror at the beginning of this scene. I think that's or what she was doing with the lock. Maybe it was the uh, the old god soul that. She took out of uh, oh! Morgan's child. Oh. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Also, <laughs> with the Dragon Age 2 thing, because she was trying to preserve a part of herself in case something happened to herself so that she could be revived. Now, this was the time, I think the timing is right. In Dragon Age 2, you did it in the first act, and that's still when, when the Blight thing is going on, right? Uh-huh. So that's yep. also when you can choose to kill, quote-unquote, kill Flemeth. She probably yep. knew that she, that was about to happen. And so she, that's what happened. You know, killed her. She needed to be brought back because she said she was in danger. Cool. Oh, that was cool. I figured that out on the way home today. I was like, oh. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure I said that in an earlier episode. But hey, you know, whatever. 
No one ever listens to me. I did. I just didn't realize that that was in Inquisition. Like, it, it had something to do with Inquisition. So, all in all, was Solus evil or is he not? I... There's not enough information. Not enough information. I don't think he is, though. I know a lot of people feel betrayed by him for some reason. But I don't think he is. I think there's just something bigger going on. Uh, do you ever think we'll find out what it is? Yeah, sure. Dragon Age 4. Really? Do you really think so? Probably. Well, it took two games to finally realize what Flemeth's whole deal was, for sure, at least. And we still don't know the whole story, I think. A lot of people say, yeah, we know exactly what happened. No, I, no, I don't think we do, because I also agree with you that there is a bigger plot line. Oh, Flemeth's awesome. How awesome Look, is if they're bringing in at least two super spirits, then there's definitely more out there, and we'll probably be hearing from them. Oh my god, yes. And that's also something that uh, Solus says to Abolus, like, there are more out there. Oh, it's really cool. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, yeah, chomping at the bit on this one. Very, very cool. So any listeners out there, if you know of anything else, if there's maybe a book out there that we haven't read, I know we haven't read two of the novels, and at least, which I'm planning on doing before the end of this. Yeah, if, if you think of anything else, anything else, any other hints that you've seen in the games and you're like, oh, that relates to this. Let us know. Short emails, of course. Uh, speaking of emails, should we go into an email? Yeah, let's do it. Mailbag, motherfucker. We've got one from Alex that says, hey, guys. Hey. Hi. There you go. He says, I'm listening to episode 16 right now and thinking, why the hell didn't I email the show earlier? I, I don't know. Well, why didn't you? I want to say huge thanks to both of you for keeping me sane. In my circle of friends, no one is obsessed with DA as much as I. Even my beta husband refuses to speak about Dragon Age with me because, spoilers, so listening to your podcast is basically my only salvation as I am itching to hear or speak about Dragon Age more. I was snooping through Liz's pictures on Twitter the other day, looking at all the hottie DA men, and I was so into it that I've missed my train stop and traveled in the wrong direction for about 20 minutes. So, sorry for stalking your pics. It's okay. I do a lot of shirtless Cullens and Anders and all that, so I don't blame you. And the actual question or discussion is this. I feel like I'm in the minority for absolutely loving the soulless romance. Spoilers! Come on, an ancient elf god fell in love with my Inquisitor. Solus is hard to romance, and him breaking up with the Inquisitor is incredibly depressing, but it's beautiful and very well-written romance arc. I think spoilers end. I'm dying for some DLC for this continuation, though, and I would love to hear if either of you did do a Solus romance playthrough and about your thoughts about the subject in general. Your podcast is amazing. Thank you so much for doing it, Alex. Solus doesn't like men. So? I only play men. That's what you think about it? Well, no. It's just that I only play male characters oh, so i thought you were just trying to make like a political statement and i was like um all right no what <laughs> i'm straight why would i make that statement you know somebody on one of these facebook groups i see dragon age something and i'll click on it i'll be like yeah sure i'll join just because i want to get ideas from people and somebody had brought up a very good point which was why is dorian being touted as the first fully gay character when first of all also sarah is there were also mass effect characters and all that and I don't understand yep. why. Why is he being so revered like that? The mustache. The mustache? I mean, mustache. he does look like Freddie Mercury. I mean, come on. He does. Freddie was, was technically, he was he was common law married. Freddie Mercury was to a female. Did you know that? Common law is a funny thing. Where it only <laughs> matters in like three states. Well, Freddie lived in one of those states. So anyway. Um. <laughs> they played the banjo in that state. So it's already. Eh. Wow. There's my statement. I don't like the banjo. <laughs> banjo music's kind of cool. Come on. Now, I've never done a soulless romance, and I tried, because my second playthrough, I played as an elf. The only reason I played as an elf, because I wanted to see the soulless romance. And you no. You did it wrong. wrong! Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> oh, Dr. Cox. So I didn't get to, apparently, right when you get to Skyhold, he just plants one on you. Also, Dorian does that very soon after you, you do his his beginning quest. And I wasn't expecting that one either. So, but Solus, yeah. Uh, they say if you get to Skyhold and he doesn't tongue you, like, immediately, then you've done it wrong. My God! So, yeah. So that's when I went to Blackwall on that playthrough. I was angry. I don't get the Solus being sexy thing. I just, I, I don't get it. Some people like bald men. Captain Picard, I would do the hell out of. 
but not soulless. Just, he's just he looks like Spock. Boring. Yeah, he does look like he's Spock. A bald Spock. If he had hair, he would be Spock. He would, be. and that would be sexy too. I don't know. I saw one Deviant art picture of him that obviously they had copied from like Abercrombie and Fitch. They copied one of the models, just using that as a tracer, right. and he didn't look too bad. But I mean, it's just the fact that he's just so boring. I mean, I I think you just don't like your men being reserved. No, I'd rather them have a personality. Reserved as a personality. No, neither of us have tried it. I know a lot of people out there absolutely love him, and more power to you. You have one less contender in the fight for Soulless right here, because I just don't... No, no. We have another one from David. Hey, David. Hello, David. Can I call you Dave? Don't you want to read this one? I can. Do you want me to? Would you like to? I would love you to. Okay, I will then. You know why? Because you have the sexiest voice in all of podcasting. I don't think that's true, but I'll take the compliment. It's at least top five. Fair enough. Okay. Greetings, Mistress and Road. Hello. Hey. Just found your podcast and I'm making my way through past episodes. I just finished DAO and DA2 for the first time and just started DAI. Well, I'm glad you marathoned them. Well done. I love that although these games are so tailored to a personal experience and story, that there is a community of players that can still share their experiences with each other. Well, it's not exactly restricted to MMO players to have a communal feeling toward games. But a lot of people think there is. And I wouldn't say first-person shooter types have a communal feeling toward their games, because usually it's just your mom jokes and wanting to kill each other and weird things like that. One of my favorite aspects of your show is when you two discuss the numerous jokes and comedy throughout the series that bring back memories of the same events while I am playing, particularly with the natural body mod. Yes! One of us (laughs) has been using the hell out of that one for years. (laughs) Yes! That's what Alistair said. Oh, wait, what? That is why I wanted to pose this question to you. If you had to pick one thing from either DAO or DA2 that you just had you laughing so hard it hurt, what would it be? All right. What about you, Liz? Me? Yes. Uh, well, there were several things in Dragon Age Origins. I liked it when Alice... Oh, no, my favorite my favorite thing of all. I've said this before. So, uh, what did you do with her legs? Whose legs? Her legs. That's the problem with dwarven legs. They're useless as an accessory. I didn't do anything with them. I don't know what... Ah, say no more. Just got him out of the way and went about your business. <laughs> Good on you, son. Um, thanks. I was crying. <laughs> I'd have to go with Ogren and Schleitz. Schleitz is still the funniest thing. One of the lads here told me about the Schleitz. Said they're common in Ferelton. They, they lie on the ground, looking like ordinary pairs of pants. Until you turn around, that's when they, they strike. Right, right, you've heard of them. Pants that eat your eyeballs. After they're done with you, they just wander off on their unnatural pant legs. Being afraid of enchanted pants. Oh. Pants monsters. And the titsicles from Dragon Age yeah, you've been laughing about that one for a while. So, yes. I'm pretty sure that one has your vote. <laughs> Up there, giant icicle tits. Ice tittles. You're looking for titsicles. <laughs> Dragon Age 2, it was when Isabella and Anders recognized each other because they both were at the Pearl. And, uh. I keep thinking I know you from somewhere. You're Ferelden, right? Ever spend time at the Pearl? That's it. You used to really like that girl with the griffin tattoos, right? What was her name? The Lay Warden? That's right. I think you were there the night I... Oh! Were you the runaway mage who could do that electricity thing? That was nice. Please, stop talking. Now. (laughs) Anyway, okay. What was yours? Schleitz. So, you don't have any, one, any other game? Uh, basically anything that has Ogren in it. It's really? just funny. I love Ogren. Yeah, Ogren's hilarious. If I weren't always playing a warrior, I would always have Ogren with me. That That is something that sucks if you're playing one class and you kind of need... Like, when you need a class to open up chests and stuff, like, you need a rogue with you, I'm like, God! <sighs> Zevran was also funny, but Zevran was just all innuendos, which, after a while, are like, yeah, you're gonna make a sex joke. I get it! Which I guess could be the same say- said for Ogren when it's like, oh, you're drunk. 
I get it. <laughs> or actually, when Sten and uh, Mabari are talking to each other, that's funny. <laughs> yes! I love that. Oh god, you yeah. are a warrior worthy of respect. I like Sten too. Sten's just—he's so—he's just so out of touch with our world, which makes sense considering where he comes from, and then eventually becomes their king. What was that? Was that that wasn't in one of the comics? Was what? it? Sten. He becomes Aeroshock. He does? Yes. And yes, it was in the comics. Okay. Oh, okay, that's where I got that idea, because I did read it in the comics. Okay, I just finished the comics again, after reading them again. This time, I was not on Ambien, so I remembered a lot of it, but... <laughs> yeah, in one of the comics, you meet uh, one of Morgan's sisters. Yeah. Or wait, was it in the book that he became Aeroshock? Uh, it could have been, but I remember I Sten being brought up in the comic. I just remember that he was uh, made Aeroshock. That's all I remember. Okay. Maybe they just mentioned Stan. I don't, I don't know. And you can actually get him in uh, Heroes of Dragon Age. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like a legendary or something like that. It's weird. Thankfully, I've stopped playing that game altogether. <laughs> okay, and, and uh, David says... For me, it was almost a throwaway moment that might have meant nothing for any other player. But when I was investigating the haunted house in Dragon Age 2 for Varric, I had control of him and went to the, <laughs> the face flies across the room and smashes them in the face. And he aptly gasps and then replies, holy shit, I just played through that last night. I remember that very well. <laughs> he says, I don't know why it was so freaking funny. I like that part too when you're when it's just Varric going to the house by himself. Oh, and he kicks ass. And he's just annihilating everyone. Yes! And it's like, all right, tell me the real story this time. Oh, fine. It's not nearly as entertaining though. Yeah, because you can literally one shot without using any skills. You can one shot with Bianca all those bad guys, and then he makes the shot through a group of like five bodyguards right to Bartrand, and Bartrand is like, "Oh, Varric, I was always jealous of you." <laughs> <laughs> it's so awesome. You are so handsome and talented. <laughs> and that's when uh, Cassandra comes in. Cut the bullshit. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's so great. I still do love in Dragon Age 2. When Beric is telling the story, Bethany's boobs are freaking huge. And then in the normal game, they're still huge, but slightly less. So I love the little also exaggerations. So good. Anyway. P.S. Having natural body mod in the Grey Ward's armor mod wrongly installed leads to very interesting origin stories. <laughs> since the Grey Ward mod, if installed, wrong strips Duncan of his clothes since it's supposed to replace them with the Warden Commander armor. It was a bit shocking doing the Mage Open after having them and uh, going to the first Enchanter's office with Irving Gregor and new Duncan giving me a salute. Uh, what did I just walk in on? What kind of salute? <laughs> Standing at attention, all the way up. <laughs> and that is from David. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Before the show, I had texted you and I said, hey, how about the idea of, of the five most shocking, top five most shocking moments in, in, in the Dragon Age games? And I, did, I only thought of a few. And that's why I brought up earlier, I was shocked when Dorian tongues you really early on in the game, but I didn't really come up with any others besides the soulless thing, because a, that you know, the top five kind of tied into what we were talking about. But did you think of any more? Uh, that moment when Anders hit on me and I told him, I'm sorry, man, but I'd like us to just be friends. And then instead of just being like, Oh yeah, no problem. Like it was in mass effect. He goes <laughs> fine then. And storms <laughs> off like a little tantrum. <laughs> I mean, overreaction much. And then he goes and blows up a church, so maybe it's my fault, but it's not. Well, it probably is. It's probably it's all started because of that. He was in a vulnerable spot. It. Carl had just been killed by him. Ah, oh, you just ruined him. So in turn, you, you killed all the people in the Chantry. Nope. Totally innocent. I'm the champion of Kirkwall. One of mine was Blackwall, because I knew nothing about the characters. So, and I didn't even suspect him of anything. I seriously thought he was a Grey Warden. Even though people around me would say, hey, something's up with him. Iron Bull in particular. Hey, he's hiding something. Didn't even phase me. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. How about when Ogryn turned up in uh, Awakening? I, I did know he was in that, though, because I'd read I it. Didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Now, okay, one of the biggest shocking moments for me was when I pressed the space bar and I jumped. <laughs> I was testing out the game. 
that was the biggest thing for me. I literally like had an like O face. I was like, <gasps> origins. I can't really think of anything too shocking. Well, no, the the having to sleep with Morgan or making Alistair sleep with Morgan as a plot twist. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, that took me by surprise too. So. How about when Hawk turned up in Dragon Age Inquisition? Also surprising. You know what? Yeah, because I thought it was going to be just, a, well, it, it was an NPC, but you couldn't customize her. I didn't think you were going to be able to, or maybe they would just talk about it. So that was really cool. Like mm-hmm. when you got that character creation screen. Oh! Yep. Oh, that was cool. That's so cool. Offhand, I really can't think of that many other things. That is just, you know, off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure there were a couple other things. That, oh, but... Really, the soulless thing, I think that's the biggest reveal of absolutely anything they've done. So, nah. I would agree. Yeah. So, Dragon Age writers, if you ever want to surprise us on anything again, good luck, because uh, I don't know if you can beat that one. And then they will. They probably will. The next DLC will be free! Oh, (laughs) yeah. Seeing as we do have some other people that have written in, we still have so many more emails. We still have pages and pages of emails. I've had to add more lately and thank you for the marriage proposals people um (laughs) sorry i'm married (laughs) no they weren't to you okay oh anyway damn it see i should show these emails to my mother and be like see see somebody's asking (laughs) (laughs) anyway that got dark (laughs) that did get dark (laughs) and i'm kind of sorry for it so yes give us your thoughts about the end of this game i've got another parody in the works. I don't know if it'll actually come out, but there's one in the works. And we've got more emails and we'd love to hear from you. So anything else, Road? I'm thirsty. I am thirsty too, and I'm hungry. Also that. Let's go. All right, where are we going? I don't know. I'm going away from you. Bye, guys. Bye. Enchantment. Enchantment. We don't want to dampen the mood, D-A-M-P, Dragon Age multiplayer. That was a terrible joke. Before we get to more terrible jokes, we have to do some contact information, or else how are we going to know how much you love us? You have to tell us how much you love us. Don't tell us how much you hate us. Get a hold of us on Twitter at DragonAgeOTR. Contact me at Mistress underscore LeBeau. That's L-E-B-E-A-U. And if you like your tweets favorited, contact Road at ThatRoadGuy. Email us at DragonAgeOTR at gmail.com. Visit our website at QuestGamingNetwork.com. And yes, we know our money's on the dresser. We have sponsors, you guys. Heard about us talk about Dragon Age the Stolen Throne and Dragon Age The Calling? Well, here's your chance to hear it for free. Go to audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork and you get one of those books for free. And the better to hear you with, my dear, visit tweakedaudio.com, enter our code off the record, all one word, for 30% off, quality earbuds, free worldwide shipping, and a lifetime warranty. And while you're on YouTube, you could also subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork, where you can find a plethora of other shows. That's youtube.com slash questgamingnetwork. Cat, he was out all night and then all day today. Now he's hungry, so he came in and he ate as much as possible, then threw up twice, and now he's eating more because that throw up was not in his stomach anymore. Well, okay then. I'm just hoping he'll eat his throw up so I don't have to clean it up. Delicious. It isn't it. Oh, kitty! Oh! Oh, baby! He tried laying on top of my computer tower. And then kind of rolled back as if, Bob, please scratch my head and fell off. <laughs> I was wondering what that thump was. Thud. Oh, he's embarrassed. He's mad. He's mad that I witnessed that. He'll get over it. Or he won't. Whatever. He's a cat. You know the name Solus is Elven for Pride? Mm-hmm. Remember that mission called What Pride Had Wrought? Yep. It's all his fault. He gave it to that jackass. Let's go. Let's go. You gonna do it? Okay. You don't want to, do you? You f***ed art. What? I told you I was recording already. I've been recording for 15 minutes. Oh my god, we, I've been talking to you for 15 minutes that I didn't have to. We were just bantering? God! Hey, it's your fault. You're the host. I'm just here. Yeah, there's lots of rumors. I don't heed any damn rumors. Okay, we don't heed damn rumors here. God! Oh my god, what if they did the inside art? I crap myself. I uh, don't feel like that would be the best thing to do, but okay. Maybe I could read it on the toilet and then... Sure, why not? Dragon Age 4. Oh, cat! 
Kitty wants to say, oh, oh, look, I got a little mouth. God damn it. Ow! Well, he was gonna, he's about to claw me in the ass again because he was doing his little dance that he does right before. Like, hey, mom, pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. You're not paying attention to me. Yeah. Top hat. He needs a top hat. Captain Nibbles, he needs a, he needs a hat. Captain's hat. A captain's top hat. That's just dumb. No, it's amazing. Kind of like the theory of the dwarves being evolved lyrium. I'm not going to go investigate that because that just sounds dumb. Nope. 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 And this is where I put the noob from Archer in there somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. Nope. You're playing your game, aren't you? No, I don't hear I'm not. clicking. And thank you, by the way. Not hearing the clicking is good. Dude. It's time for the mailbag, motherfuckers, or something. <laughs> Blink. Yay, I'm going to Hawaii. Yay. Oh, have you heard the next DLC will not be on the older consoles? People are angry about that. Well, that's what they get for being console peasants. Da, 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 da. <laughs>